Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you. And now, here is today's message. Thank you, Lord. There we go. I was told this is the first time this mic was ever used. I am the guinea pig, this new mic. Uh, so I guess we're loud and clear. Uh, I am just, Laverne and I are just honored to be here uh, with you all today. Uh, if you were not here last week or did not hear the message last week that Shri had, you really need to hear that. Uh, it was powerful. And uh, I, 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 sense, I, I sense as I listened to it this week that God is getting ready to visit Newport Church in an amazing way. And I, I'm going to just pick up on some of that here today. Uh, but I want to share a couple other things first. First of all, Merle and I have, over the last almost two years, been traveling literally all over the world. And uh, thank you, Newport Church, for lending him to me for this travel all over the world. He will not be going to all these places all the time in the future. He's, I, I, I would, I mean, he'll be used of God mildly in the nations, but he'll be here too in Newport Church and honoring you and helping you. And everywhere Merle has gone, a couple things have happened. Number one, he's always giving greetings from Newport Church, always giving greetings, you know, your love to the Dove family around the world. We have one more international trip to Asia. That's going to be in March. And he has just been such a joy to travel with. Uh, Laverne loves that he travels with me because he kind of takes care of this old guy. And I uh, just said to Joy and Merlin Shree have been so honoring of us, Laverne and I, have we've gone through this whole succession process. So we feel very blessed to be here today, very blessed to be uh, connected with Merlin Shree in the way we are. We'll continue to as spiritual moms and dads in the future and looking forward to all that God has. So I want to just say, say that first. Laverne, is there anything you want to say in the beginning? Okay. And uh, secondly... Um, Secondly, I don't know if we'll go with all, with all the PowerPoint stuff or not. Let's not put that up yet. I've got some things in my heart I want to share. And I've got this whole message prepared. And, and uh, I, I have things in my heart I want to share with you that I think is going, going to open the door in your heart, in my heart, our hearts, for God to visit us in an amazing way. And we, we've heard last week, and I couldn't get, even get through listening to that without tearing up. Ms. Sheree, thank you for obeying God. Your vulnerability was amazing. Uh, I just want to share with you a little bit about how God visits people and how he visits churches, how he visits families and life groups. And I just want to talk a little bit about that uh, before we get into uh, the, the, the meat of what I have. And maybe we'll, we'll wait and see. Just, we won't, again, we will not use the PowerPoint in the beginning because I have some other scriptures I want you to look at. Turn with me to Acts chapter 3, if you would, please. Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 19, verse 20. That's where I'm going to kind of begin today. Acts chapter 3, 19 and 20, and this is uh, Peter speaking to all those who couldn't figure out how, how the New Testament church was healing people and God was moving and they were just couldn't understand what's going on. But here, here's what he says in verse 19. He says, repent then and turn to God. Repent and turn to God. And what does repentance mean? I think we all know it means to change your mind. If I'm walking this direction and I realize, oh, that's not the way I should go. I go this direction. That's repenting. Sometimes we get all kinds of religious understandings of what repentance is. We must be crying at an altar. Well, you may cry at an altar, but that's not repentance. We can cry at an altar and still not repent. Repenting is changing our mind. 
and realizing we're going one way, we've got to go another way. So if you look at your life, and as I look at my life recently, I thought, oh, I got a little bit of complacency there a couple of places. Well, I had to repent of that. And you go this way and you turn around and say, no, I'm, I'm going to deal with that in my life. It's called repentance. And this is for everybody. And we repent every day, obviously. And praise God, he's such a good God and a loving father. And he cares so much about us. It's awesome. But he's drawing near to, to him and he draws near to us from, from uh, James chapter 4 and verse 7. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And, you know, something, it's like playing chess. It's like it's our move. God made his move. And he's moved toward us, and he wants us to move toward him. And then we experience amazing, amazing things. We use words, throw words out like revival and awakening and all these kinds of words. And, and they're great words. I don't always understand them all. I think Laverne and I in our lifetime have been through some kind of awakenings, revivals. We've seen God move powerfully in different places. I mean, not, nothing with the Jesus movement and some of those things. I mean, nothing like some revivals I read about in history. But uh, anyway, let, let me continue on with this verse. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Times of refreshing may come from the Lord. God often works in seasons, and there are seasons of refreshing, times of refreshing that he has prepared for us, and he, he has it prepared for those who will seek him, those who will press into him. And as we press into him, we'll experience these times, times of refreshing. I've studied revivals for years. My favorite book outside of the Bible is a book by a man named Charles Finney, who was a revivalist. He's the one that uh, Sharif referred to a bit last week with Father Nash, who went ahead and prayed. And uh, his book is called Revival Lectures. And what he did, he spent years in seeing God move sovereignly through revivals, and then he put it into a book. First of all, he taught it at Oberlin College, then put it into a book. That's my favorite book next to the Bible. And so I've, again, studied revivals, love revival, but God is doing something fresh in our generation because every generation needs a fresh move of God. And again, whether you call it revival or whether you call it awakening or whatever you call it, and we have to understand that when revival comes to a church or comes to a city, comes to an individual, everybody doesn't experience that revival. In fact, some people are really against that revival many times. But those who experience it, it's, it's awesome. That's why when we watch the Jesus Revolution movie, and there's a few of you in this room old enough like us to remember that. And we sat and cried through that because that is really what happened. God just came sovereignly in this nation, starting in the West Coast and came to the East Coast. And God was visiting us. It was amazing. Now, J.C. Alzamore and I often laugh about we went to the same conferences way back in the day with Maranatha way back in the day. And, uh, you know, because that came out of later, it came out of that early revival that God was bringing to our nation. Well, God wants to visit you. And he wants to visit me, and he wants to visit your life group, and he wants to visit our families, and he wants to visit our churches. And again, again I'm just going to use the Bible terms here because you can call it whatever you want. I'm going to use the Bible terms. He's come to give us a time of refreshing. Now, for what it's worth, you know, revival is in the Bible, too. The Bible says in Psalms 85 and verse 6, he says, revive us again that your people may rejoice in you. Revive us again that your people may rejoice in you. So God does want to revive us. But the blessing, of, the blessing I find of this is that no matter what we've done or what we haven't done or where we're at, there's always more. And we'd always press some more. And God loves hunger. 
He loves when we're hungry. Those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness will be filled. I'm sure you even mentioned that last week from the Sermon on the Mount. And if somehow God wants to make us hungry and more hungry and more hungry and more hungry. So as I look back on, on, on my life and seeing some of the potential feelings of revival, I'd say it was some awakening happening that Jesus moved with. But first that I would remember, we'd remember. And, and honestly, we weren't that involved in it. It's just that it happened in America, and you could feel it, and you could taste it, and you knew it happened. The Vernons always said you could spit on the pavement, and people came to Christ. You know, it's kind of like God was just moving in a sovereign way. And he wants to do that again. You say, why did he do that? I, believe there, I know there were people praying and praying and praying for that to happen way back in those days. And as we pray now, we can see it happen again. But we cannot get confused and think, you know, revival in Lancaster County means that every person is going to become the Christ. I wish they all would. I know in Atlantic City during one revival in the 1700s, I know that everybody in Atlantic City was saved except 25 people. Wouldn't that be intimidating if you're one of the 25? <laughs> but really, that, that, that did happen. And uh, so all I'm saying is that God wants to send revival. He wants to send awakening. And it's happened many times in history in many different ways. Sometimes revival comes when there's a truth that has been lost, is revisited and brought back. So, for example, the Azusa Street Revival, you may have heard of that. Uh, you know, we, we have friends who are in the Assemblies of God, that, that denomination. That's the, one of the largest denominations in the world, could be the largest globally, you know. But that came out of the Azusa Street Revival because something that God brought back was the gifts of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. That came back into the body of Christ at that time in the Azusa Street Revival. Now, where did the Azusa Street Revival, you know, how did that start? Well, a lot of that went back to the revival that happened in Wales in, in, you know, in 1906 with Evan Roberts. And I'm going to just read you a little bit about what happened. There, just give you a little feel of what happened. Uh, and so what we can expect God to do in our lives. And God uses people, just so you understand that. He wants to use you. He wants to use you and your circle of influence. He wants to, first of all, get us closer to God. And anytime we get closer to God, it gets us closer to revival, awakening, you know, or whatever we want to call what he's doing. So this little book, Reclaiming Revival, a book that I've really appreciated recently. Uh, again, I've written about revivals. I've written about a lot of these revivals. And one of my books had a whole chapter on all the revivals in America and, and you know, how that... God invaded Atlantic, yeah, I mean, sorry, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, people were praying. Business people were opening uh, open up their homes and, you know, to, to things that happened that were, re it was revival-centered. Uh, I, I remember I was so moved one time. You know, sure, you mentioned Charles Finney last week. I was so moved. I was in Rochester, New York, speaking at a church, and they said, Larry, I want to tell you something. You see that pulpit over there? I said, yeah. And he said, that pulpit is where Charles Finney preach many years ago and I was so moved I thought this is amazing kind of right here history was made in this place and and then of course what happened a couple years a hundred years before when Charles Finney was there and Father Nash was praying you shared a lot of that last week uh, what was happening is God would just visit cities you know Charles Charles Finney went, would come in his carriage he'd go over the bridge into the town and the spirit of God would come and people didn't know why they just started crying because they they hated their sin so much they wanted Jesus. I still need a little help here. We'll get it. I'll be all right, I think. I might. If I have to do it again, I'll get the real mic. Okay. Uh, and so all I'm saying is this stuff is so real, and God wants to do it again today. But, again, it doesn't have to be exactly the way it happened in the past. God has his own type of revival for every generation. 
And so I, I talked about, I talked about, you know, truths were brought back to light. For example, when Martin Luther, you know, when he, uh, he left the, the Roman Catholic Church, started, was now known as, you know, we, we call the Lutherans, you know, it was justification by faith. That was a revelation that was lost in the church. So often a revelation lost in the church, God will use people in our generation to bring that back, and with it will come what we often would call revival. Now, when I mentioned, I said I want to read to you about Evan Roberts, because a lot of it goes back to him in 1906. He was just a young guy, 20, early 20s, and had a heart just to see God visit his community. He had no idea. And it's interesting, but what happened here, and I'm going to read this to you, what happened after this is it changed the world. Because because of that, Azusa Street started, I just mentioned, that revival happened. He said, what does it have to do with me? You know, I'm working eight to five. What does it have everything to do with you? Because revival is when God touches the hearts of every one of us. I'm a common, ordinary guy. When God touches my heart and your heart and changes my heart and changes your heart, everything around us starts to change. You see, that's why when Charles Finney, I said, went over the, the bridge and he went into, into some towns. I mean, there were times the presence of God was so real, they closed down factories. Because everybody, they didn't know what was wrong, but they said, there's something wrong in me. And, and they were sorry for their sin because they'd been going their own way and not going toward God. And just amazing. But let me, let me read. Uh, Evan Roberts felt a call into the ministry, so he went to Bible school. Feeling the burden of God for his nation, this is, again, this is Wales. For his, in 19, early 1900s, he says he would have these moments where he was deeply gripped with travail and intercession. For example, during their Bible classes, there were times when he fell out of his chair in intercession while weeping and wailing in the classroom. Now, I'm not saying you have to fall out of your chair. I'm simply saying when God goes on, you don't care. It just doesn't matter. You just want Jesus, whatever he's doing. And it says here, He's in intercession while weeping and wailing in the classroom. His experience was so intense that the instructors didn't know what to do with him. They physically had checked out, had him checked out by a medical doctor, and they diagnosed Evan Roberts with religious mania. <laughs> I like that. I'll take some religious mania. Finally, the instructors and the leaders of the school decided to send Roberts home because he wasn't able to com complete his studies with what he was doing in intercession in travail, it was so disruptive. So Roberts went home and talked to his pastor about allowing him to preach to the church. But the pastor wasn't about to let him do that, especially after Roberts had been sent home by the Bible school. So Roberts did manage to talk his pastor into letting him gather some young people together to pray. Now, it's not always, but often, moves of God come to young people. I mean, there's a few of you, people like Brian, Janet, Souter, and a few people in this room, they're not really old but like us, but they remember Raymond Youth Ministry and some of the things that we experienced. First time I ever saw Merle Shank was at Raymond Youth Ministries because he came with his brother Darrell, who was our worship leader. I don't know if Darrell's here this morning or not. There you go. You remember that well. And it was, and I, can I say that was revival? I don't know if it was revival or not. I used to know that every week, you remember Darrell, every week. People, kids were coming to Christ and bringing their parents and they were getting right with God and being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it was just happening week after week after week for a couple of years. I guess that's revival. But it was God. And God wants to do it again. Yes. And he wants to use a younger generation. Yes. We were younger than I. I mean, I was just this kid, man. I mean, Darrell, you were really a kid. You're younger than I am. And then, then you brought your little brother. He was really a kid, right? <laughs> and... But it was God. It was just God moving in a sovereign way. But God wants to do that again. So what happened is when he went to his pastor, and by the way, I went to 
I mean, basically, we try to keep our hearts right. I remember and people on our team in our youth ministry would say, why don't everybody get this? Why don't the rest of the body of Christ get this? You know, we're reaching people for Jesus. And said, don't go there. Don't go there. Pride comes before a fall. We've got to walk in humility. God just blessed us with the opportunity to do what we're doing. Laverne, remember that? We, we, many of us shared that in those days. And, and God continued to move and to bless. It was just the most amazing thing. So when and the first Dove Church started, it really was out of this youth movement revival. And we need to see thousands of new churches started in our nation. But it's going to come out of revival. It's going to come out of just people getting closer to God. And they say, and there's many kinds of revivals. There's the jerking revivals and the laughing revivals and all that. I acted like a jerk sometimes, but I was never in a jerking revival. Uh, you know, <laughs> but those, those, those things often people look to. Like the Cambridge Revival, you know, there. They, they call they got the jerks there, they said, you know. And I mean, out in the middle of nowhere, again, I, I'm sharing things with you just from my heart today. <laughs> this is not from my, my notes. Uh, but the Cambridge Revival in Kentucky, I mean, it's out in the middle of nowhere. You go there today, I mean, it's out in the middle of, of mountains. And they had 20,000, 30,000 people sovereignly coming there. I mean, there's revival in Mannheim back in the, and I didn't remember it, obviously, but I read about it. Same kind of thing. You, you know, a few thousand people coming in Mannheim in, in, in some of these days. Because these things actually happen, and God wants to do it again. It might be in a different way, but he'll do it again. And you can trust him. And again, I want to be very clear. When revival came to a city, revival came to a church, revival came to an area, everybody didn't get involved. People, they went, when revival comes, we all want to say this again. No, some people really resisted it. There's a large religious factor that said, no, we're not going there. Where these people are crazy. And, uh, you know, every movement, almost every denomination today, today started in some kind of revival. Almost everyone. There were some were splits and whatever, but many of them started in revival. Well, what happened to Roberts? Let's get back to Roberts. Roberts did manage to talk his pastor into letting him gather some young people together to pray. So Roberts got about 17 young people, ranging in age from 15 to 20-something, to meet for prayer. Roberts and these young people began crying out for revival, and something soon broke open and began to spread. In a matter of weeks, other churches began to hear that something had happened with these young people who were meeting there in the town of Langhor, Wales. So as a result, again, young people just did what they were called to do. As a result, these churches invited Roberts and the youth to come to minister at the church. It reminds me a little bit of the Jesus rallies around here. We had Joe Bumberger here, right? You know, it just might be a little bit of that. So we're seeing some of the same things begin to happen today. And it's those who are open to God who will experience this. Every church will not experience it. It's just those open to God. Those who are in leadership. I know Merlin Shree's heart is for revival. I know your hearts, many of you, is for revival. Again, revival means different things to different people. Basically, what I love is God wants to awaken something inside of me that gets me closer to Jesus. I mean, that's really revival. Let's just get closer to God, walk with him. So what happened to good old Evan Roberts? Well, they were just waiting the Holy Spirit. And they'd seek God. They'd worship. And at some point, the conviction of the Lord would come through their singing and their intercession. Then Evan Roberts, he prayed this prayer. Bend us, bend us, O Lord. That's all he prayed. Lord, just bend us. What he was saying was, bend us to your will. Make us like you, Lord. Help us to love you and to obey you. And everything that doesn't conform to your will, bend us. And he had a four-point sermon he always preached. Four points. Confess and repent of all sin. Number, number two, remove any questionable thing in your life. Number three, 
Properly obey the Holy Spirit, doing whatever he tells you to do. And number four, publicly confess Christ as Savior. I would, I would say Lord and Savior. He says Savior. And there's, it was simple. That's what they did. Many times people would pack into the meetings that Roberts led. Again, he was just young, early 20s. And there would be as many people outside the meetings as there were inside. Again, Roberts would simply wait. He'd just sit there and wait in the Holy Spirit. And what was interesting, though, a young man, he was not given to the pressure typically experienced by young men to perform. The Roberts just waited on the Lord. This is a theme we see not only in the Welsh Revival with Roberts, but in other revivals like Azusa Street. So the Welsh Revival explodes. And one of the authors, as one of my favorite, one of the authors, testimonies about the revival came from the editor of this historic newspaper out of Great Britain. It was called the Paul Mall Gazette. The editor of the Paul Mall Gazette went to Wales to do a story in the revival as they had just started to get international notoriety. As he got off the train in Langor, he asked directions to the revival. A young man told him to go down to the end of the street, turn left, and walk. The young man said that the editor would begin to feel it. And what the young man was alluding to was the haunting fear of the Lord. This is what happens. When there's true revival, the fear of God comes. You just don't do anything to get us out of God's will. You know, we were loved by him. He's a loving father. But we walk in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord has been missing in much of the church of Jesus Christ over the last years. And God's going to return it. We're going to see the fear of the Lord come. And so it was the fear of the Lord that filled the city. And the fear, the heat from the fire of God was felt in Langer Wales. The editor was interviewed for the Methodist Times. Now remember, Methodism started about 150 years or so before that. Uh, and that's another move of God with John Wesley. I'd like to take, take all morning to talk about that. John Wesley, by the way, started the Methodist Church. I mean, he stayed in the Meth- He stayed with the Anglicans as long as he lived. He stayed with it because he loved the body of Christ so much. But he led the Methodist Church, changed America. It changed Francis Asbury, he sent out, and he changed America, changed many parts of the world, especially Great Britain. And, and uh, Laverne and I, I don't know if I told you or not, but Laverne and I were right in John Wesley's house. Our daughter Letitia took us there last year. And I was so moved because right there was his bedroom. We walked in his bedroom, and right next to his bedroom was his prayer room. So he got out of bed and went right to his prayer room. It was amazing. And uh, I was so moved just, just being there. And again, I love revival. And uh, I'm going to read just a couple of lines yet. So the editor was interviewed for the Methodist Times and was asked if he had been to the revival and what he thought of it. This was the editor's response. The question is not what I think of it, but what it thinks of me and all the rest of us. For it's a very, a very real thing, this revival, a live thing which seems to have power and a grip which may get a hold of good, a good many of us who are present as mere spectators. So when you get too close to revival, it's a good thing. God gets on you in a new way. And the last couple of lines. The Welsh revival shocked an entire nation. It swept over the whole of Wales in an astonishingly short time. A movement of, of uh, resistless, potent, cyclonic, divine power. And by the end of 1905, it has spread practically over the, all of the religious world. Every place there was the body of Christ, it spread. Now, let me tell you how this affected me. About 15 years ago, I was asked to speak at a conference in Seoul, Korea. So I go to Seoul, Korea, and they said, we can't, we're going to have you speak for the weekend, but you can't speak Saturday night. Because Saturday night, we have this global prayer meeting. This prayer meeting, we're going to have all these people, all these churches, big prayer meeting Saturday night. Because we're praying at the revival that was in Wales 
years ago would happen here. And the reason we're praying that is because when the revival happened in Wales, somebody who was Indian, Indian descent, went to India and broke out in India. And then somehow it came from India to Seoul, Korea. And they said, we're believing God to do that again. I was so moved being in this large auditorium of all these people, mostly Koreans, praying, believing God, that God would send rain again, he send revival again. I believe God wants to visit us. God wants to visit America. We desperately need God. It's not about an election. It's about, the, it's, it's about God. Really, I'm not downplaying elections. I'm simply saying it's about the Lord, what the Lord desires to do. And, and start, revivals start with God's people. Awakenings often are when people come to Christ. But often it's God's people. It's us. And all it takes, really, according to the scripture I just read, if we want to see the presence of God come, we want to experience uh, the power of God in a fresh and new and living way. Again, the scripture that I read from uh, Acts chapter 3, if we want to experience refreshing, we simply repent of anything that God's showing us. It might be something simple to us, but to the Lord it's something huge. So complacency might seem simple to us, but to the Lord it's something huge. Because of that complacency, so many people are not finding out about Jesus. And I think this morning, rather than going into the message that I had prepared for you, uh, we're not going to do that. I'll go back and preach that in the future if you want me to, Merle. I think we need to take time before the Lord and time just to wait before God, a time to even pray. And, uh, you know, I th repentance sometimes is between us and God. And sometimes we can simply say, I need to repent to somebody else, confess your false one to another, and pray that you may be healed. There's, there's a place for that. And I'd like the prayer, prayer uh, counselors, or the uh, prayer ministers to come forward. I'd like the worship team to come back. We're going to do something here. We're going, to, we're going to ask God that he would come in a powerful way in our lives. And we're going to ask God, is there anything in our lives that we simply need to repent of? Now, you'll know what that is. It's something that's displeasing to the Lord. What is that? What does that look like? Because, uh, and, and again, I'm not just saying it because I like you, because I do like you a lot. But I believe... Newport Church is being positioned for a move of God. And I, I would that all churches in the Dove family and outside the Dove family would be prepared for a move of God. I, believe, I just believe God wants to come. And it's going to come as we expect awakening. You can't force awakening. God brings awakening. But as we repent of anything in our lives to the Lord and to others if we need to, and then we pray. We pray and say, Holy Spirit, come. God, I want to draw close to you. You draw close to me because I'm going to draw close to you. I'm making that next move just to obey Jesus and see whatever awakening he wants to bring in our lives. And again, I thank God for what's happening with the, uh, you know, with the young people. And I'm sure you're involved with that. And I think it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's part of a revival, what's happening with the Jesus rallies. I'm grateful for what 20 years ago TBS was used powerfully of God in this area. You notice it all has to do with younger people. But what I love about the Jesus rallies, not just the younger people, there's so many of us of all ages who are there supporting what God's doing. And that is fresh and new and awesome. So let me see if there's anything else I want to share with you before, before we begin to worship and pray. Um, I'll read it again. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Now, I would like if the prayer ministers would come forward. And uh, I'm going to ask us all to stand, if you would, please.
Charles Finney said, revival is simply this. It's the return of obedience to God. Revival is the return of obedience to God. And I didn't bring it along today. I don't need to, but I remember in the revival lectures book, and I used this many times in the past, there's a whole chapter on things that help me see if I need to repent. It's like 30 questions. You might say, that sounds legalistic, and we're not going to get into that today. But I want you to know when God, God takes us seriously and we say, Lord, I want you, show me anything in my life, anything in my heart, anything I've said, anything I'm living in that just isn't of you right now, because I need you. I need you, Lord. So Holy Spirit, come. Lord God, I ask, Lord God, you speak to us. Lord God, in any way we need you more. Maybe we need your healing more. Maybe, Lord God, we need just to be free from condemnation, walk in the righteousness of Christ. Lord, maybe we need to be free from gossip. Maybe we need to be free, Lord God, from just not really trusting you when things are hard. Lord God, maybe we need to continue to be free from shame, as I know that's been mentioned already today. But Lord, we ask that you do a fresh new work in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, draw us to yourself. Draw us to you, Lord. And Lord, help us to be honest with our lives. Bend us, Lord. Bend us, Lord. Bend us, Lord. Bend us, Lord, to your will. In Jesus' name. And I'm going to ask you to come. If you have in your heart, you say, I want to experience more of God. I love Jesus. I don't know of any sin in my life even might be, but I, I'm going to ask you to just get prayer from somebody. Say, I need more of God. You may want to come forward here and have somebody pray for you. You may want to get, find someone in, your, someone in your life group, maybe somebody you trust, and have them pray for you. Let's take some time and dedicate this time to asking God to bend us, to bend us, to bend us, to be more like him. I'm going to worship, and I'm going to ask you just to come for prayer or just meet someone in prayer. Or maybe you feel you should go pray with somebody else, and you'd be free to do that. This is a holy time before the Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Spirit of God. Come, Holy Spirit. Bend us, Lord. Make us more like Jesus. Thank you, our Father. You'd be free to move around, pray with anybody, have anybody pray with you, come forward. Let's just dedicate these next moments to the Lord. Let him do whatever he wants to do. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.